listen, I had a margarita at the pool party and I was like, that was fun, but I might be done with margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a wine person. Welcome to Here to Make Friends. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So we're here today on the phone with everyone's favorite Bachelor contestant who departed this season, I think. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So just to to begin, how did you end up on The Bachelor? Well, um, I've been watching The Bachelor for a little while now. Um, Just kind of curious, like reality TV and it's fun with my girlfriend. And they said, hey, you should apply for The Bachelor. You'll be perfect. And I'm thinking, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, and one day we decided to just uh, make a trip to Chicago. I went to a casting event. And things went from there. Things went really well, actually, from there. So I went in. I liked it. And I was ready for whatever was to come. Yeah. And you ended up having kind of a tough exit before Hometowns. And um, in that moment, you told Nick that he didn't give you a fair chance. Looking back, do you still feel that way? Yes, because our time came so late. And I'm the type of person to want to try it all before we call it quits. And to this day, I feel like I'm left with what if, but I've come to terms with it. So, like, I'm okay with it. I'm happy for him if he's engaged whatnot. I'm happy where I am in my life. So it, it took a little bit longer to come to terms versus if we tried it all and we knew it didn't work, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you have any regrets about your experience on The Bachelor? Oh, no. I tried, I tried to do the whole process. Um, it's true myself as I could and I think I did that so looking back whatever was shown or talked about I said as long as I stay true to myself I have to own up everything I've said everything I did so I think it made it a little bit easier on my on me as well and it seems like you got along pretty well with the women in the house but at one point you sort of ended up butting heads with Corinne um, and she was trying to explain that she couldn't scoop poop on the farm date because of a medical condition, and you sort of called her out. What was your take on that whole conversation and what we saw of it? Well, at that point, okay, so in the mansion, a lot of things are happening. Corinne was having a good old time. <laughs> um, we didn't see a lot of it. And for me personally, I did my own thing a lot because I didn't want to get scooped into the drama and start feeling some sort of sort of way. Like I just wanted to focus on what I had and what I was doing on the show. So when I started hearing like she took her top off, she had a bouncy house, nobody else could go on. Um and I said, hey, you know what? Like we're all in this um to find love and somebody's getting more attention, which is fine, but it got to the point where she came in the room and she said, Listen guys, I know there've been some talks about me and if anyone has anything to say, like I would love to hear um, your opinions, and I said, you know what? Okay, let's let's just talk about this. So when I whenever I had that conversation with her on the couch, it was actually a good conversation. She wasn't as receptive as I thought she would be, <laughs> and I actually apologized to her that night, saying like, I'm sorry if I came off a little um, strong. And she was okay. She said, no, that's okay. I appreciate um, 
you're talking about that, giving us the feedback, uh, giving me the feedback. So, um, I don't think she necessarily changed her ways or took the opinions or feedback. She just, she said she did, but I don't think she necessarily <laughs> did. So, I, I, I like her and I still, um, I think she's funny in her own way. She's very unique. I definitely can learn something from her. Um, it's just at the time, it's a conversation needs to be had because we get into the point of halfway through this process. And if she continues doing what she's doing, it, it is going to take away from my time. That makes complete sense. And, you know, it was it was nice to to see for us as viewers to see that that interaction. Um Corinne sort of was funneled into like the quote unquote villain role um, in in the narrative, as far as we saw. Do you think it makes sense to call Corinne a villain? No, I think she, she she's right. Her take on a villain is somebody who does something um, malicious towards others. She truly didn't. Is she just like a win a a little bit a different way? She didn't directly affect you. But indirectly, in the sense that she did take away some of the time, she did become the topic of the conversation with Nick. Um, so it was still all about her, and it rubbed people the wrong way. But I don't think she was necessarily malicious. Or, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense, and I think that's kind of why a lot of viewers have grown to to appreciate her humor at the very mm-hmm, least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can agree with that. <laughs> And uh, during your one-on-one date with Nick, we all heard a lot about your life story and being adopted from Russia and coming to the United States. Um, And that ended up airing in the middle of a very politically charged climate and both immigration and the country's relationship with Russia were really front and center in the conversation. Did that kind of confluence strike you? What was it like to sort of embody those things for Bachelor viewers in a way? You know, having that conversation with Nick that night, initially it was just for Nick because I said, if I stay a future with this uh, with this guy, I need to tell him like what makes me to this day. It doesn't define me, but it is a huge part of me. And a lot of what I've learned, I am the person. Today, again, that's the same thing. But <laughs> And it just happened to air at this time. And I was kind of surprised because a lot of the questions are about that now. And I said, you know, I need to prepare myself a little bit better uh, for these kind of questions because that was not the intention. I had no idea what the politics would be like this around this time. And whenever I initially told that story, it wasn't in regards to that in any way. Yeah, I'm still, still kind of confused about, like, how do I handle this from now on? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting moment because, obviously, as someone on The Bachelor, like, your personal life is now out there to be mm-hmm. discussed. Um, and, I, and I found it interesting, you know, you even had someone like Ilan Gale tweeting the night your episode aired, like, Stories like Christina's are are what make this country great, um, and, and and I think it came across. Obviously, this is your personal story; it's not a political statement, um, but it was resonant in a way that you know, in another year in time, it, it, you know, it might not have landed with the audience in quite the same way. Yes, I just think people will have um, 
they they can take the story and make it anything they want it to be. But look, if they can use it for charitable work, for political, it just I just know what it is to me, and I don't want. I guess what people deal with it. Everyone has a different take on it. I just know what it is to me. <laughs> yeah. I know this is so like this is a tricky question for me to answer. Of but course. a lot of questions I haven't been asked yet. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> um, and we know that filming ended just after the election, though I, I'm pretty sure that, correct me if I'm wrong, that most of the women were all, had already been sent home by the time um, Election Day came along, including you. Was that mm-hmm. something that was discussed before you guys left? Like, w- did production encourage you, you know, to, to vote before you went to film? You know, it, I think it kind of when over our heads, we were also excited about this process. But <laughs> I think a lot of people did get absentee ballots to uh, to send in. So the closer I got to the election, there was more buzz about it. But I know I was sent home, so I was able to uh, vote. But I don't know about the others. I haven't had that talk with them. So. Yeah. Was was the election something that people were talking about in the House? Was it, like, weird to basically be on a blackout from the outside world during that time? You know, there wasn't much information coming into the House because, again, we didn't have TVs, radios, <laughs> and it was focused on the TV show, and we talked about feelings so much. politics, <laughs> But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all obviously knew that um, it was going to happen while we were still filming. Yeah, and then yeah. you you go home and you're suddenly like inundated with so much news about everything in the world. That's such a that must have been a really odd sensation to kind of oh, re-enter it. it. <laughs> yes, yes. I just remember um, a few years ago, I was more on top of it the month leading up to the election. Versus I think this time, and I think because I was in the middle of filming um, of The Bachelor, that I didn't really quite get caught up on everything that was happening. <laughs> yeah, that's... I know there were times. I think we uh, when we started traveling, at one point at one of the hotels we had uh, TV, maybe we could like catch up as much as we could, but still not enough to like know truly what's going on. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's impossible. Like, during the election, if you missed even a day of news, there was so much to catch up on. It was a crazy time. Um, (laughs) So you recently were in L.A. filming Women Tell All, um, and we're going to all see that next week. Um, What was that like? Is there anything we should be looking forward to? Oh, boy. (laughs) I think it was a little bit more intense. Whenever you get this many women together, and especially now, everyone does have an opinion and has seen the show, there's a lot more to say. And people who have not had anything to say before definitely have something to say. <laughs> oh, God. So it's like, yes, it was, it was one of the longer women till all recordings, and I know it's going to be two hours. Well, I believe it's going to be two hours, um, but it, it took a little bit longer to f- record all of it. Wow! But, um, it's going to be interesting. I 
I know at some point I got very frustrated and <laughs> I was just sitting there I'm like, I want to say something, but it's hard whenever you have 15 other people chatting in on the same topic. And then having, of course, there's going to be Corinne, there's going to be Taylor, and everyone has something to say about that. Yeah, uh, God, yeah. Overall, it... I think, from my perspective, it was well. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. When we get back, we'll have even more with everyone's favorite Bachelor contestant, Christina. Stay with us. Before we get back to the podcast, Emma, have you checked out our news quiz on Google Home? I haven't. What is it? It's like a weekly quiz on Google Home where you can just check out how closely you've been following HuffPost's top stories, including the most important ones, the Bachelor stories. That actually sounds pretty cool. Um, potentially more fun than some of the group dates this season, like the the shoveling poopy one. Yeah, they should definitely do a trivia night instead. It's <laughs> This is sort of like it. Can I see the quiz in action? Yeah, let's try this question. Welcome to the HuffPost headline quiz. Let's see how up-to-date you are on the news. Here's your first question. Which contestant threw up during her one-on-one date with Nick? Is it A. Corinne, B. Vanessa, C. Christina, D. Rachel? B. Vanessa. You got it. Wow. Remember when Vanessa threw up and Nick kissed her anyway? That's what we call true love, Claire. Romance at its best. So you're telling me there's a new quiz like this one every Friday? Yeah, if you have a Google Home, you should definitely try it out. You just say, OK, Google, talk to the Huffington Post, and the quiz will start. That sounds pretty sweet. Now, back to The Bachelor. Do you feel like um, we're just going to get a lot of Corinne versus Taylor when we watch the, it back? I mean, this is like a sequel to the current current Taylor show. No, oh there, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of Corinne and Taylor, but I mean, there are other people again. There's uh, Kristen and there's this um, situation that happened, and of course, we have Rachel who will be uh, who will be there. Other yeah. things, but I think the majority of it will be about Corinne and Taylor. Wow, there was a lot to say. Did you get a chance to sit down with Nick at Women's Hall and, and talk to him again about your exit? I got to talk to Nick a little bit about it, and I, I may have been a little bit tough on him, but <laughs> we'll see. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, I think he I think he enjoys women who are tough on him, too. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he he likes somebody who can challenge him, and I said, you know what, let's let's try this. But he did good. He did he did well. <laughs> I have to say that. It's like done this. He probably knows all the questions that are going to come with him at this point. Having done this a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is his first rodeo. Well, we're we're really excited to watch next week. Is there anything else that you wish viewers really understood while they were watching your season? There's so much that happens behind scenes. Like, I know everyone sees girls are being friendly with each other after the show. And you know, that that is true. We had so much fun. Um, We found, we learned so much about each other because you're with one another. 24-7, and you don't have a lot of like board games that 
TV shows, radio, music to listen to. Um, so you, you get invested in each other's lives. You learn where everyone comes from, what makes them who they are, and you definitely bond with people that whose values like you kind of put value as well. So it's like there's friendship formed and there wasn't as much drama as it appears, at least from my perspective. I'm not like a really necessarily a dramatic person, but um, we were friends with Corinne. We were friends with Taylor. And Taylor was, may have rubbed people the wrong way, but she kept to herself a lot. So did Corinne. So I can go on and on about this, but there's a lot that happened behind scenes that we all had so much fun with. Yeah, I mean, it's been nice for us to see, you know, with social media, we kind of get a little bit of insight (laughs) into the fact that you guys really genuinely enjoy spending time together. And personally, um, I I kind of enjoy the friendship love stories as much as I do the central love story. Oh, yeah. Um, It's like watching different, watching episodes, there's a couple stories that can be aired and so you never know which one will and which direction they will go towards. But after seeing a couple episodes of Karen, we kind of had an idea how the show is going to play out. So <laughs> a lot of what is in on the track day with like Astrid and Rachel and Alexis, they had so much fun and they didn't show the <laughs> the incident where Astrid 10 was bleeding. What? Um, Astrid tried to catch the ring. Oh, Oh my fine. But it yeah. was just funny. I feel like you need to tell us that story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too much about it. I just heard from them since I wasn't on the date. So I mean, it did look like a risky moment. Remember when uh, Rachel yeah. shattered the ring under her foot and Astrid was grabbing for it. And I was like, it's amazing that no one was injured, but apparently someone <laughs> was injured. But you know, that could have been played out so differently if the girls weren't friends with each other. Like, they were some of the closest friends in the house. So it was kind of like, oh, well, you just cut my hand in many places. But, hey, that was fun. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> so it's like, but if it was, I think, somebody else who you weren't, like, really friends with, that would have stirred the pot a little bit more to create drama. So. Right, right. They would have played that up as a dramatic, intense would have had con- moment of conflict. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was fun. Yeah, it is really interesting how much hay they can make out of a very small um, conflict between two people. And then we get to make even more hay out of it on our podcast, which is really fun. But we love seeing that that people are getting along. And it seemed like Nick had a really good group of women to choose from. So he is really pretty lucky. Oh, I completely agree. Um, What's amazing, everyone is on good terms, I mean, you're not best friends with everyone, but you're on good terms. You you will hang out if you visit somebody's city. But at one and tell all, even though you all get along with each other, you all have something to say, like, towards each other, which is, I think that's amazing. That's really <laughs> so funny. So you don't still have to be on best friends. <laughs> but, it, it seems like a great opportunity for ABC to just sort of rip off the Band-Aid that you've all you know, been healing your relationships with each other. And then they're like, but remember that one time that she stole time from you on a date? Let's talk about that on television. At the time, you're in such a unique setting. Then you're like, oh, my time will my time will come. My time will come. And then 
you know it's the end of the night, it's like, okay, my time didn't come. So when is the next time do I have um, a chance to, like, make my time? Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain because, um, like, you try, but you can't, and then you get anxiety about the next time you try to see, and what if that doesn't happen again? For me, I guess I'm speaking from personal experience. The first night, I tried to talk to Nick, but I didn't get the chance to. And as you can see the crying, I was so frustrated at that point that that I was not getting my time, and it's already there. It's towards the end of the night. So when the second rose ceremony came around, I think I got anxious just as I did the, as the first night because I said, okay, will I get my time this time? So at some point, you have to let a couple things go and just see how it all plays out. Yeah. Just, it's interesting for me always watching The Bachelor because for women in that situation, you're towing this you're trying to walk this very fine line where you're assertive enough to get your time, but you don't want to, or maybe you don't care, but like people tend to judge women who seem too assertive very harshly. So you you need to like aggressively court the bachelor while still seeming sort of sweet and approachable <laughs> and, and not like the aggressor. Definitely have to be a, a little bit more assertive, assertive than what you are. I've noticed that. I'm kind of like, Go with it until you give me a reason not to, then I'll say something. So whenever it came to the time to talk to Nick, I was like, okay, like, my time will come. And towards the end of the night, I'm like, okay, I really need to. So at that point, I'll be like, okay. I started doing that a lot more towards the end of my journey, quote unquote. So <laughs> it, I maybe it became easier because there were less people, but... I think I just felt a lot more confident at that point to kind of like, okay, let's go. We need to have a chat. <laughs> so, and I think I spoke up a lot more as well um, a little bit later. Also, yeah. yeah. I got to know the girls, so. Yeah, I would assume it becomes more comfortable. Well, I, either way, you were you were a lot of fun to watch, and we really enjoyed it. Do you think that we'll we'll see you on our TV screens again, maybe, maybe in paradise? <laughs> no, they haven't really been. Buzz about it just yet. Not to say nobody has mentioned to me, um, <laughs> but they ha- I haven't been like asked seriously. What do you so, want to do it? You know, I'm open to it. I just don't want that to be the area where I feel like I have to find love. <laughs> I just know yeah. that Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, they both have worked for contestants in the past. I think it would just be fun to go. To get to know some people, kind of more on the real level, but then again, you're still on the TV show. Yeah, so, it's like yeah. a big grown-up Exactly. Yeah, you just <laughs> get to fine. get to I'd drink a lot of it. margaritas with Jorge. Listen, I had a margarita at the pool party, and I was like, "That was fun," but I might be done with margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> you have to I'm be careful with them; person. they sneak up yes. on you. <laughs> yes. Especially in the sun. <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. <laughs> well, at least you yeah. know what you can handle if you end up going to paradise, which, you know, drinking too many margaritas in the sun is the downfall <laughs> of a lot of people on the show. <laughs> Gosh, yes. Good. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. This was really fun. Well, thank you guys for having me. I hope Hope I did well. <laughs> you're you're great, and and anytime you're in New York, you know, come come and visit us in person. 
Yes. Oh, I love New York. <laughs> I would love to meet you all. Y'all are fun. Yeah, please come sometime. We'd love to, to do this in person. I would love that. And that's it for this bonus episode of Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests and, of course, our producer, Nick Offenberg. Please find Here to Make Friends on iTunes, subscribe, and give us a rating and review. We're also on Facebook. You can like us there. And you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. Or you can send us an email at here to make friends at HuffingtonPost.com. Thanks for listening. 